0: Isaiah, the mini Bible, this is part four, it's called Precious Cornerstone, it's found in Isaiah 28, 16, where it says, therefore thus says the Lord God, behold I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, whoever believes will not act hastily. The Assyrian nation was conquering the world at this particular time when Isaiah was writing this And all the nations they were seeking to conquer, they would actually conquer. And Judah, just like the other nations, were in search for some kind of security, some source of peace, something that they could build upon as a hedge against this uncertainty. So Judah went to Egypt and made a, a contract, a covenant with them, this kind of mutual defense pact. And the agreement was if any of them were invaded, the other would come to their defense. This contract Judah made with Egypt gave them the sense of security that they were looking for. They felt strong, they felt confident in the face of the Assyrian threat to that region. Then Isaiah comes along and informs the king and the high officials that in trusting in Egypt rather than trusting in the Lord, they made a contract with death. Thus trusting in Egypt, which was always symbolic of the world and not trusting in God is one of the worst moves they could have ever made. The world, Egypt, will never bring Israel security. They themselves will be conquered by the Assyrians You have no hope if you trust in the arm of flesh over God. Judah, you are believing a lie. Trying to find refuge in a lie, trying to find safety in a lie. Listen, a lie is easier to believe in for it is made so tangible for us, but to believe by faith is not as tangible. It's not as easy. You can't sink your teeth into it. You know, when a person signs on with a business contract or a marriage covenant with unbelievers, With the world, understand it's a lie. For God's word declares, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. You see, a person is trusting the lie over trusting in God. Why? Because the lie is tangible. I mean, look how much capital this partner of mine has and is willing to invest in this business. It will do well. Look how much he loves me. Look at the ring that he bought me. Look at how attentive he is to my needs. I'm in love. You see, this is much easier than just believing and trusting God by faith. Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Now, the backdrop to all this is when the Lord speaks to Isaiah the prophet, there in verse 16, on this wonderful prophecy of the coming Messiah. This is speaking of Jesus, the only foundational stone, cornerstone in life that can withstand the storms of life, whether they're national, international, or personal. This is the only foundational stone or cornerstone that can withstand what life dishes out without failing us. Once again, Jesus in that prophecy is ascribed to as a stone. And for the purpose of us understanding, he is a foundation. When we think of foundation, like to a building or a house, we think of men coming in with backhoes and trenching out the ground. Then they call in the cement trucks and then they pour and that's what we know as the foundation for a building. That's a modern day foundation. But back then, they would dig out a trench, and after, they would take the largest stones they had, and they'd place them in the trench. That way, they would make the largest stones they possessed the foundation of the building. In Israel, foundational stones back then would be up to 20 feet long and 12 feet high. For there, From there, the smallest stones would go on top and so forth, all the way up to the top of the wall. And Of course, the foundation stone was the very secure and very solid stone. So how does a person make Jesus the spiritual foundation for their life? We do it by putting our faith in him as our savior. When a person comes to God whom they have separated because of their sin and says, Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner. Your assessment of me and my sin, Lord, is spot on. I receive Jesus into my life as my savior, and I will turn from my sin at that moment. The Holy Spirit comes in you, and you become born again. Now, there is a foundation in your life. Like no other foundation, there's a source of stability that occurs at the moment of receiving Christ into your life, and the storm of death is defeated when Jesus is made my Savior. That's what he does for us. Now, there has only been one sure foundation in my life, and it was sure, and it was tried, and it was proven and it was so for sure, because when Jesus Christ dies on that cross for my sins, on the third day he rose again, which him rising on the third day proves what he did on the cross stuck. God's approval on that, that it took him dying for our sins. That is proven. That is sure. That has been tried. There are no other religions that can provide that foundation. No other person, no other philosophy can provide that kind of foundation. The foundation that stabilizes life The foundation that is our ticket to heaven only is found in Christ alone, or it's not found. Now, note this. Jesus is more than a foundation. He's more than a savior. Isaiah tells us he's also a cornerstone. What is that telling us? What is that communicating to us about Jesus? Well, in that day and time, the cornerstone was the chief foundational stone. It was the first stone laid in a foundation. As a cornerstone, there were certain things it would be true of it. Three things to be true of it. Number one, the cornerstone was by far the most important stone in the building. Number two, all of the stones would have a relationship with that cornerstone. All of the stones were built in relationship to that cornerstone. And number three, every other stone was physically measured off of the cornerstone. It was placed in alignment with the cornerstone. Isaiah was not only saying Messiah, would come into the world to save us and forgive us as our foundation, but further provide us with a new model for life, a new model for living, our cornerstone. And how invaluable is that for our lives? That's why he is a precious cornerstone. You cannot put a price on the best model of life that I can live. Jesus is the only one who can bring stability into our life, hold our life together, bring safety to our lives. Not only to know him as my foundation, my Savior, but also to know him as my cornerstone, my Lord. We as Christians hear all the time about Jesus being our Lord and Savior, Lord and Savior, Lord and Savior. But we never knew the full benefits and impact of doing that in our lives until we turn to Isaiah 28, 16. And we get the first mention of Messiah being Savior and Lord illustrated for us in this way. Oh, to make Jesus your Savior so you can get to heaven. Oh, to make Jesus your Lord that you can live your life off of and and align yourself to. Yet in Isaiah, we get the fullness of what all that means. When Jesus was closing his most incredible sermon of all time, the Sermon on the Mount, in his conclusion, he tied all this together. When he said in Matthew 7, 24, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against the house, yet it did not fall, because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. It fell with a great crash once again. Understand this is what Jesus brings to a life. He brings to a person. When they make him both their foundation and the cornerstone, and for that to happen, a person must not in just words say he's my Lord and Savior, but they must put it into action. So to be a hearer only of his word on Sunday, but not a doer or a practice of his word, is a foolish man who built his house on the sand. For it to be rock, you must not only be a hearer, but you must be a doer. Jesus is my foundation. He is my cornerstone, not just in word, but in action of my trust in him and my faith in him. Then Isaiah tells us at the very end of that prophecy, the very end of that verse, the results of making him our foundation and our cornerstone. He says, whoever believes will not act hastily. Peter paraphrases this way. He says, will not be put to shame. In other translations, like the NIV, it says, the one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. And the New Living Translation says, whoever believes need never be shaken. No matter what translation, basically, a person will have peace. I don't know about you, but I would rather be in Florida dealing with hurricanes than in California dealing with earthquakes. Earthquakes don't give you a warning before they come. At least hurricanes tell us that they're coming when we're watching the Weather Channel. Thus, we can be prepared for them. It's always interesting to me how many people overprepare for the potential of a hurricane. Water has always seems to be the first thing everyone snatches up when the hurricane is still two to three weeks away. Then, on the other end, some folks just are n- unprepared completely. They do not prepare for anything. So we have no way of knowing if we have overprepared for a hurricane until it comes or if we unprepared for a hurricane until it comes. Our state, our governor, the media, tells us to take it, take it very seriously. for we don't know what that impact will be and how serious it'll be until it is right on top of that. And how many times have we seen that in Florida? Sometimes it's not a very big impact, but sometimes it's a devastating impact, but we never know until it hits. And listen in the same way we can see a storm coming in our lives, or we are in the storm. We have to sit down and ask ourselves, am I prepared for this storm that is coming? I don't know what its impact will be. Do I over prepare for it, or do I under prepare for it, or I just don't worry about it at all? That is when you sit down and you ask yourselves, we ask ourselves, is Jesus the foundation of my life? Am I saved? And if I can say yes to that, then I need make him my savior, my foundation. I have that. If I can't say yes to that, then I need to make him my savior and my foundation. If I can say yes to Jesus is my savior, he is my foundation, then I can check that one off. I'm good. But then I move to this question, but is he my cornerstone, my Lord? Am I living my life in obedience to him as a doer, a practicer of his word? If I am not, then I am unprepared for the storms that are going to come in life. If both of these are true and a person can sit and say, yes, Jesus is not only my Savior, my foundation, but he's also my Lord, my cornerstone, then you can know that you're going to be just fine. Whether it's a storm like a hurricane that you can prepare for ahead of time or it's one like an earthquake that comes unannounced. No matter how raging the storm is, you will be fine in the storm and through the storm. That's the confidence that God wants every one of his children to have in this life. As Jesus said, the rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and it beat against that house, yet it did not fall. That's his promise. That's the certainty and the security God wants to bring into your life and my life. If you are that Christian who has made Jesus Savior and Lord, then you can be at peace in the storm. You will not fall. God know that God's security and certainty in that right now. And if you are a Christian here right now listening to this, and Jesus is your foundation, your Savior, but he is not your Lord, your cornerstone, here's what is going to happen. Yes, you have Jesus in your life for eternity, but you don't have him in your life for time. Then you are unprepared for the storms that will come into our life during this time. To be a hearer only will be fine for a while. You will be in church. You'll enjoy the things you hear. You'll be in agreement with most of it. You'll obey God when it's convenient and so forth. But you're unprepared for the storm that will come, guaranteed. And when you fall, Jesus says it fell with a great crash, a great devastation. People might say, well, you know, he or she has never been the same since blank happened to them. They stopped going to church. Their marriages were lost. Fellowship with believers is gone. They avoid them as much as they can. They become kind of a recluse, isolated. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of bitterness. It's called a great fall, Jesus said, a great crash. If you make it an act of the will and be a doer, you will make it. You'll produce fruit that will last. Fruit that did not last is because the trees did not make it through the storm. But when you make it through the storm of making him your foundation, your cornerstone, your Savior, your Lord, you will produce much.